0: Welcome to The Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, an hour is coming and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be His worshippers. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that He is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. This is Stephen Lambert with a message entitled Debunking the Christians Can't Have Demons Theory. For Christians to claim Christians cannot have demons simply because they are born again is like saying their car cannot break down simply because they are born again. Or even sillier, that they don't have to fill their gas tank or change the oil or refill the oil if it is low because they are born again or that they are free from the law of gravity because they are a born again christian i wouldn't recommend attempting to prove that one by jumping off the roof of a tall building any time soon if you really believe that one that's all mysticism which is naturalizing the spiritual and or spiritualizing the natural in psychology parlance Such refusal to recognize and acknowledge reality is what is known as being in denial. At first blush, such a theory may sound plausible and rational. And to the religious mind, it certainly has the sound of being righteous and right. But it's all carnal thinking from the carnal mind, not the spirit. In other words, it's a lie and a deception. It's not spiritual at all. It can't be, because it's totally contrary to Scripture. It's exactly what Satan wants you to believe. He's got you totally deceived if you believe that. I don't care who you are or who you think you are. And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. Mark eleven fifteen through 16 some people make a bit of a more specific claim that because they are the temple of god 1 corinthians 3:16 they can't have demons because god cannot dwell in the same temple with demons well i could cite many scriptures that prove that claim totally false but i'll just cite the most direct example in the new testament which involves Jesus himself. That is the actual event when Jesus entered the temple in Jerusalem and became enraged at the money changers in the temple, overthrew their tables and seats and physically drove them out of the temple. Solomon's temple was an artifact of the old covenant, which consisted of types and shadows, of which God himself was the architect, who gave the design to Solomon along with strict and very specific instructions to build it exactly per his design. The temple consisted of three parts, each symbolizing and correlating to, among other things, the tripartite constitution of humans, spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 The latter corresponded to the temple outer court, the holy place to the soul, made up of mind, will, and emotions, and the holy of holies, where God's presence dwelt, to the human spirit. When a person is born again, he or she is born again because the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell in that person's human spirit. Compare this with John 3, 6. Time and space will not allow a more detailed explanation, but the fact is, when a person is born again, it is the human spirit only that is born again, regenerated, redeemed, and saved, not the soul. It begins at the moment of salvation, undergoing a lifelong process of being saved, sanctified, made holy. That is sanctification. See James one twenty-one, and not the physical body, which will be changed, that is, redeemed, saved, sanctified, at the last trump of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In Solomon's temple, God's Spirit dwelt behind the curtain, partitioning the Holy of Holies only the properly consecrated priests were allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies once a year. No one else could enter behind that veil lest they die. As stated, the Holy of Holies represented the human spirit. Certain oblations performed by the priests, per God's specific instructions, took place in the holy place which correlates to the human soul. The outer court symbolized the physical human body, where the people were allowed to draw near to God, which is where the money changers' temples and seats were set up surrounding the holy place. An entire book could be written addressing the multiplicity of reasons this scene infuriated the Son of God when he physically entered the temple and drove him to upset the tables and seats of the money changers, releasing the doves they were selling, and drive out the money changers from the temple. But the main point here is, the money changers were in the outer court, not the holy place, nor the Holy of Holies, where the Spirit of God was present behind the veil. At the very moment Jesus entered the temple that day, no human flesh was permitted to enter the Holy of Holies, except, again, the properly consecrated priests once a year lest they immediately die. But humans were permitted to enter both the holy place, certain humans, and the outer court. The Real Truth Podcast is a production of Stephen Lambert Ministries, Inc., whose website is at slm.org. That's slm.org. So let's draw out from this story some specific relative points. Number one, limited holy habitation. While this edifice was the temple built by Solomon under the direction of God and God's Spirit dwelt in the temple, the specific part of the temple in which God's Spirit dwelt was in the smallest, most hidden, most restrictive, and holiest part of the entire edifice, that is, the Holy of Holies. While the entire temple was dedicated and consecrated to God. There was only one, quote-unquote, room in which occupancy was restricted, with the one exception noted, to the Spirit of God. No other, evil or defiled, spirit could enter or live there and survive. So while the structure was indeed properly named Solomon's Temple, nevertheless God's presence did not fill the entire temple, but rather was confined to the holy of holies. His presence was not in the holy place or the outer court. These facts correlate to the matter of the salvation slash sanctification of the human soul, holy place, and the human body, outer place, neither of which, as explained previously, are infused with the Spirit of God when a person is born again. Number two, contemporaneous cohabitation. At the same time that the Spirit-slash-presence of God was inhabiting the Holy of Holies, the money changers, who symbolized evil spirits, were occupying the outer court of the temple, demonstrating that evil spirits can occupy buildings of God that are infused with and inhabited by the Spirit of God, which believers are. See 1 Corinthians 3, 9. In this case, evil did occupy the temple at the same time that the presence of God also inhabited the temple. The spiritual truth represented here is that evil spirits can, indeed dwell together simultaneously in the same human temple where the presence of god also dwells in different parts of it specifically the evil spirits can be occupying or affecting the soul mind will and emotions and the physical body causing sickness disease infirmities, while the Holy Spirit is occupying the human spirit. Number three, holy does not preclude unholy. In biblical context, only two entities exist, evil, wicked, profane, not good, or the unholy, and the holy good righteous redeemed these two are at continuous and constant odds in the context we are addressing here as already established evil in the form of the money changers was indeed simultaneously cohabiting the temple with the spirit of holiness romans 1 4 this conclusively disproves and debunks the hypothesis that god's holiness and presence intrinsically and automatically prevents precludes prohibits incursion or entrance and presence of evil or the unholy And thank God that God's perfect design and spiritual system, if you will, allows same. Lest unholy, unredeemed, evil, defiled, mankind would never be able to draw near or come to God at all. Thank God that is not true and that God's holiness And the presence of the spirit of holiness does not preclude, prohibit, or bar the unholy to draw near or approach him. For if it was true, all of mankind would be forever damned and wholly banished from fellowship and communion with God the alternative is certainly in no wise beneficial to the person who would so foolishly believe such an hypothesis. This is the reason behind the matter that befuddles so many as to how it is that born again and born again spirit-filled or spirit-baptized people are quite capable of doing wrong or evil. For while God lives in their born-again human spirit, the sin nature has not yet been eradicated and still operates in their soul and body, and they can still be affected by evil spirits in their soul and body. Number four. Authority delegated to believers must be operated or applied to, quote unquote, drive out evil spirits once they have gained entrance. Notice that once the money changers had gained entrance and set up shops, so to speak, they remained there. This was a custom that had been going on for centuries until Jesus came bursting into the temple that day when he, with his disciples lagging behind him, had reached Jerusalem in his triumphant journey into the iconic Jewish capital city where he would achieve the ultimate victories he was born to claim. The symbolism inherent in the exacting design of Solomon's temple conveyed or represented many kingdom truths, none more important, though, than human salvation and sanctification as it occurs in the tripartite human essence. Jesus' forceful incursion into the outer court of Solomon's temple that had been taken over by these wicked money changers in stark contradiction of all that the outer court was intended to symbolize, whose sole motivation was profit from selling the doves that were required for the annual sacrifice, vividly portrayed The righteous anger of the Lord when evil spirits invade, intrude, and inhabit people who are the apple of God's eye. The brilliant diamond of His creation. Demonic incursion into the physical bodies and souls of God's humankind creation infuriates Him. And that is what was driving Jesus when he entered into Solomon's temple and witnessed firsthand how that these vile merchants had turned what was designed by God to be a house of prayer into a den of thieves. In John 10.10, Jesus identified Satan as the chief thief who comes to steal kill and destroy those three intents are the three tines of satan's trident and when demon spirits enter into the human temples whether it be their bodies or their soul it infuriates the creator jesus himself john 1 3 and as He upset their tables and seats and physically drove them out of the temple that day, so also He wants believers to execute the authority He has delegated unto them to drive out demons in His name. Mark sixteen seventeen, Just as His first followers drove out demons, by exercising that authority he had relegated to them, so to do. For example, see Matthew ten 1 and Luke ten nineteen. The scenario of Jesus invading Solomon's temple vividly demonstrates conclusively that while demons cannot enter and occupy the redeemed, regenerated born-again, human spirit, they certainly can enter and occupy the human soul and human body, which they indeed do. Born-again Christians can be demonized in their soul, mind, will, and emotions, and their physical body. And the only way the Bible prescribes to rid people from demons that have entered and occupied them, soul and or body, is to drive, the literal meaning of the term cast out, appearing multiple times in the New Testament, drive them out with the authority, exousia in the Greek, that Jesus has delegated to every born again believer mark 16:17 and many other scriptures per the example type and shadow jesus provided believers in the scenario of his physically entering solomon's temple in jerusalem that day Are you enjoying this podcast? Would you take just a minute to think about all the precious resources it takes to produce and make available a resource such as this? Time, talent, thinking, planning, preparing, studying, writing, editing, organizing, recording, audio editing, a multiplicity of post-production and publishing tasks, and on and on it goes. The big professional news and media companies employ 10 to 20 people to produce a presentation such as this podcast at a cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you enjoy the program, would you be so kind as to take a minute and pray to ask God if He would have you lend a helping hand our way in the form of financial support? In about 30 seconds, you can donate at PayPal.me forward slash Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash S-L-M-I-N-C to make a donation of any amount. Your gifts would be so greatly appreciated and used for the glory of God in the production of this program. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you abundantly for your generosity and graciousness. So, this is just one explanation, among many, of why and how Christians can have demons. But it's also just one explanation of why and how Christians can be about the Father's business and carrying on the ministry of Jesus, doing the works that He did, and even greater works, because he has gone to the Father. Hallelujah. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Mark 16:17. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because i go unto my father john 14:12 don't be deceived by the utterly false carnal rationalization that christians can't have demons christians can have whatever they want and are willing to tolerate. That's the real truth. Yet sadly, thousands of Christians for whom my heart grieves at this moment are being psychologically or physically ravaged by evil spirits who in their religious pride and stubbornness would rather stick to their totally unbiblical belief that because they wear the Christian label, they are automatically impervious to demonic attack and incursion and continue to bear the pain and consequences of, quote-unquote, the works of the devil, First John 3, 8, in their soul and or body than to be convinced and convicted by the testimony of the Spirit and the Word, admit they have been wrong, and repent, and thereafter receive the healing they so desperately need. Unfortunately, these dear saints are doing exactly what the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, warned last day's believers against quote, falling away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons, end quote, 1 Timothy 4.1. This is Dr. Stephen Lambert, founder and overseer of Ephesians 4 Network of Churches and Ministers. We are a fellowship of fivefold ministers co laboring together to accomplish the end times purposes and plans of God. If you are a fivefold minister or aspire to be one, I invite you to visit our website to learn who we are and how we can serve you at Ephesians4.net. That's Ephesians4.net. For more on this topic of deliverance, please check out my book, Deliverance from Demonic Powers, which you can learn more about on our publishing company website, Realtruthpublications.com. If you or someone you know needs deliverance, please check out the premier deliverance portal, DeliveranceNow.com. This is Stephen Lambert. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then... This is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God all things are possible and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.